Rabbi Sai, a good morning, a good Nerf Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kaidish Pashas Baloischa. Topshin Pei Aleph. We're holding it already over a, a week since we had a ceasefire here in Eretz Yisrael. And we hope and we daven, we continue to pray that everyone should be safe. And as we mentioned last night in the Zoom Shmuz, in the discussion about the anti-Semitism, which is raising its ugly head throughout the entire world. We daven not only for ourselves, we daven for And that's one of the messages that I think that we can find in this week's parsha is that we're all in it together. As we say in the beginning of the parsha, Hashem tells Moshe to tell Aaron, when you raise up the Neiros, Towards the Pnei HaMenoira, as Rashi explains, that all the different six Neiros, three on the right-hand side, three on the left-hand side, they all faced, the Psilis were facing towards the middle, and in combination, all combined, it was Ya'ira Shivas HaNeiros. Everyone was facing towards the Neir HaMtsoyi, the Neir HaMaravi. And um, we see from over here, number one is, the Indian of Baha'u'llah, as Rashi explains, that you have to raise up the neiris, that the, the, the flame should continue to remain strong and you shouldn't, it shouldn't go out. And my, my Rebbe, Rav Moshe Feinstein, points out that that seems simple. You can't just light the candle and it's going to go out. So he explains it's a remez to the relationship between Rebbe and Talmidim, that a Rebbe has to teach the Talmud to the degree that the Talmud should become independent, and that's the way not only a Rebbe to a Talmud, but a father to a son, mother to a child. The purpose is to teach them the Torah, that when they become independent, they should be able to independently be able to stand on their own two feet, to be able to keep the Shalheves, that it should continue to be lit and to light and to light others. And we pointed out many, many times that the Ya'ira Shivas Aneiris, there's a beautiful Sephorna, and the Sephorno says that this is a symbol of the connection of the the uh, the Achdus of Klal Yisrael. We have three on the right, and that represents the the or of the of the of the Yamin, which is those that dedicate themselves completely to Torah. As Chazal say, Lemaiminimba to the ones that it's like their right hand with all of their kayach, as Rashi explains in Shabbos, as the Rebbe of Chaim Shalavitz used to say over, they learned Torah with all of their kayach, like the great Talmidah Chachamim, the great Avreichim, who dedicate themselves completely in Torah and constantly, and their light is a very, very bright light, but it's on the Yemin, and then the Or HaSma'olim, the ones that are on the left, and that's the Mechuvan, for those people who are Isaac in Chaye Shah, they're involved in commerce, they're involved in supporting of those that are Isaac in Chaye Olam, like Yisachar and Zvulun, and together, that will bring out the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the that's the Shivas Aneris. The Shivas Aneris is a combination of all of the forces of Klai together, both Talmud HaChachamim and the Pshutei Am, as the Sephora brings down the Pasuk in Shemais, Vayanu kola om yachto, vayom kola shedim Hashem nase, v'nishma, ben kulanu nashlem kavonasoy. 
It was between all of us. And I think this is a message that we mentioned last night in the Zoom Shmooz, how we can combat and how we can be together, how we can combat anti-Semitism, how we stand together during missile attacks. Ki'ish echad u'belev echad. And we mentioned that there was a, 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 a I will call it a, a rally, but it's not just a rally. It was really a drushes and a gathering in the city of Lud this week for all the the Toshavim that live in Lud, and they had all the rabbis of the community. It was an amazing thing to see that they had the full array of rabbis, of Rabbanim, including the Svardik and the Ashkenazic and the Hasidic and the Misnagdim, the Kipot Srugot Rabbanim, the chief rabbi of Israel, Rabbi David Lau, was there. The Rosh Hashiva of the one of the Rosh great Rosh of the Meir Yishev Yitzchak came to speak, and they all came to give achdus to the city of Lud, which has been under attack, not only from the missiles but unfortunately from the riots, from the Arabs who maraud and burnt, and beat, and killed, and they did try to destroy, but the Knesias about the Midrashas. And there was a, a, a gathering of together to show ki'ish echad There's no difference. And I think it was a tremendous, tremendous chus to see how everyone joins forces, how we're able to somehow put aside all of the so-called ideologies and to see that lamaisa kulano anachnu b'nei echad, we're all ki'ish echad echad. And we have that achdus, and that's a message that it's saying over here in the beginning of the parish of parishes Baal that we should have this achdus amongst ourselves. And that's our biggest weapon. Another aspect of the is it's brought down that the the iron Akayan had to walk up a few steps in order to uh, get to the uh, top of the menorah. And everyone asked the question that Lachaira Aaron Akayan was very, very tall. According to some, he was 10 Amas tall. And even if it wasn't 10 Amas tall, but a normal person is already four Amas. And so why does he have to, and it's only Yud Ches Tfachim, so why does he have to have a stepladder? So Rav Moshe Feinstein's Hatzal writes in the Sefer, it's also teaching us this lesson that when we teach the Talmidim, we have to make sure that we influence them in such a way that there are no questions, not only no questions in the material, material that they learn, but most importantly, that we're able to clean them, clean them out and give them a light which will be everlasting in all aspects of life, in all aspects of life, be it in their midas tevis, be it in their yerushamayim, be it in their spirituality, be it in their mental capacity. We have to teach and we have to be on top of them that they should always be able to look up and to see that the Rebbe was always with them at all points of life. And when one is zochah to have Rebbeim like that, to see, to have a connection with Rabbeim that are constantly involved and parents that are constantly involved, that's what we're looking for. So therefore, even though it could be that you could have been able to, to light it without going up those steps, when you go up the steps, you're able to look down, you're able to see clearly really what's going on. And you're able to to give even more uh, more education, more chinuch, more positive energies, and that's really what we want to look forward to. I saw an unbelievable Misa today uh, there was a year that passed away this week uh, in England. He was a very chash v'yid, and uh, he was 90 years old. He was, if I'm not mistaken, a Dave Bear, 
the son of the great Dayan and Eretz Yol, Yeb Yitzchok Yaakov Weiss. Yaakov Weiss is the Baal Minchas Yitzchok. He was a survivor of the Holocaust, eventually ended up in England, and then he ended up in Yushalayim. I happened to have a schus to be able to, 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 to meet him on a few occasions. He has a nephew in Eretz Yisrael, which is Yeb Yitzchok Berkowitz, Rashiva Veisha Torah, is a great Talmud Chacham. It happens to be that he lived on Rechav Press, right across the street from Ner Yaakov, before Ner Yaakov moved into him. And I know a lot of the Ner Yaakov guys had a relationship with his family members that still live there. Um, and it's very fascinating. His son was a very chashvayiv who lived in London. He was an only child. His father, Yitzchok Yaakov Weiss, grew up in Hungary. He learned by the great Hungarian Rosh Hashivas. And he was engaged to a girl. And in those days, engagements in the from families, there was a shidduch that was made. And it happened to be that the girl lived in a different part of the country. And the shidduch was, was arranged. And his parents never got to meet the girl. When did they get to meet the girl? They only got to meet the girl, I think, either, either a few days before the wedding. They got to, the, they got to meet the, the kala. Sounds strange, but this is what happened. He never met the kala either. And um, when the mother met the Kala, she was taken aback because it seemed that she had a very, very prominent blemish or something wrong with her body, and it was a physical defect. And she felt that this was something she didn't want to let her son have to marry and to have to carry that burden. So she went to her son after the meeting, and she says, listen, I want you to call off the Shidduch. This is what's called the Mekachtoz. And Revois said he was a Bacher then. He was only 18 years old. He said, no. I can't embarrass a Jewish girl, a Jewish daughter, and I'm willing to marry her even under the circumstances. They say that he told his mother that if she's that it's not it's really bothering him, then he'll divorce her afterwards. But not it should not be that before her wedding he should he should embarrass a, a Jewish girl, and that's what happened. He he married her, and they didn't get divorced, and she was able to bring a child into the world right before the Holocaust. And then during the Holocaust, they were running away from the from the Germans. She was captured. Him and his son were saved. And stories about how they were saved, miraculously, it's it brought down in the Sefer Minchas Yitzchak. He writes about it, the Nisim. Eventually, he became the Rav, and he, he, he was in Romania. He became a Rav in Romania. And then the communists took over after the war. Eventually, he moved to England with his son. He became one of the biggest Rabbanim in Manchester. And his wife had died in the Holocaust. He had this child. His child grew up. And then Rav Yitzchak Yaakov Weiss remarried a woman. He was young. They wanted to have more children. But Hashem did not bless him with children. Eventually, she, she passed away. During this time, he moved to Eretz Yisrael, became the head of the Be'edah Haredes in Eretz Yisrael. And he was a tremendous, tremendous Pesach, a tremendous Talmud Chacham. And uh, I remember going to him because I used to take Rabbi Shalom Eisen, Zeichat Zadik Levracha, Rabbi Abish Eisen's Zetzal's father to the Bezdin in order to sell the 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 chametz on Erev Pesach. And I remember the uh, interplay that took place between Diane Weiss and Diane Fisher and the Arab from Abu Ghosh knew many of the halachas about what the rules of buying and selling were all about, because he had heard so many times from the Rabbanim, they used to laugh when he used to say, kainu shal keili, kainu shal meicher, kainu shal kainu. 
But the main thing they want to bring at this point, Yitzhak Yaakov Weiss only had one child, and he said that he feels very, very strongly. The reason why he was Zoycher to have a child was only because he was not Mavayish, a Jewish daughter. And it could very well be his mazel was that he really wasn't supposed to have children. But because he wasn't Mavayish, this girl, right before the wedding, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Mazakahim. And this son had many, many children and built a great family. And he lived in England. And he just passed away this week. And I think it's a lesson for us, a lesson for us about how we should act towards anybody, not to embarrass somebody for sure, but how we should look out to make sure that we're taking care. And this is a great chesed. And if a person, if we do chesed, then Be'ez Hashem will be zoichem to a lot of Yeshua's and a lot of Gulas. Um, mentioning one other vort, uh, which, I'm, which I'm going to attach, this is going to be attached to uh, a recording that I had from last year on this parsha, and hopefully that will give a little bit more uh, stories and a little more different Torah. But I want to mention what Chazal say in this week's parsha that uh, the beginning of the parsha speaks about the Baloischa, and then it continues speaks about the Pesach Sheni. It speaks about Api Hashem Yachnum, Api Hashem Yiso, all great lessons. And then it speaks about Vayisu Mehar Hashem Derech Shoshis Yomim. They left Mount Sinai and they went away three three days worth. The Anania Kavit were surrounding them. And then the Torah has a fascinating uh, item, which is the backward nuns, which represent the Hefsik between the parsha of the Vayisu Mehar Hashem and the uh, next parshas, which begins the Klolos and the Misoninim, the complainers, and they speak about how they're, they're, they're his And uh, we speak about in the middle of Ahibin Seya Aaron And this is the Hefsik between the two Puranias. Chazal tells us, and Tosis brings down the Sechta Shabbos, that the second Puranias is very understandable. That is the Misoninim. And that was a tremendous calamity, and there was a fire that came out and destroyed people. What was the first calamity? The calamity, first calamity was Vayisumehar Hashem. Chazal described it. They left Kitinaik Haberech Mebeis Hasefer, like a child who leaves the Beis Hasefer. In the upcoming recording, you'll be able to hear a little bit more about this, uh, why that was considered a calamity. And we don't see an onish from that. We don't see any onish. Ayin Shom. But we want to speak about what was the concept of, uh, what's the concept of a Tina Kabarech Beisai Sefer? I saw brought down in the Sefer from my good friend, Agoin Rabdoiv Zupnik, who brings down from our good friend, Reb Chaim Yitzchak Kaplan Shlita, the Mashkiach of Hebron and the, one of the Rashivas of, of uh, Pachad Yitzchak, one of the great Talmudim Rav Hutner, explains beautifully the concept of what does it mean a child who leaves the Beisai Sefer? What is a base hasefer? What is a what is a school? A school is a place where children grow go to learn, and the purpose is not only that they should learn, but they should grow and become more mature. The purpose of the base sefer is not to, only to teach them uh, information, but it's in order for them to be able to become greater people. A child is a tinuk. That's a regular normal normal concept. And what usually happens is, and that's a normal reaction, as soon as we leave school, we revert back to our younger, playful selves, and we're happy to get away from responsibility. But the real purpose of a base safer is to get a child to be able to understand that he has responsibilities, 
that is not just a Tinoik, that he's going to become a Gadol. And this was the problem with Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael, they heard the message of Har Sinai, and they might even have inculcated all of the information. But they felt that that responsibility, that Achrayis, that they have to act a certain way every single moment of their lives, and they can't revert back to being a Tinoik, that was something which was too much for them. And therefore they were Kitinoik HaBerech HaVesha They left the Beis HaSefer. And this is really a, a lesson for all of us. And this is what Chazal were telling us. Chazal were telling us that what happens when a person doesn't accept upon himself the responsibility and he wants to relax and he wants to get away from that responsibility, then he's in a danger spot. He's in the spot where the Eitzahara comes in and it's possible for a person to commit an Avera. And that's what happened, the Mis'aynanim, the Mis'aynanim, they complained. But the truth is, is that there's really a lesson for the general outlook of what we are as Jews. Are we people that just, we get the information and we do certain things, or, or we really have we become gedolim? Have we become people that are responsible? And a gadol means not only do you act for yourself, you act for others. You care about others, you do for others. And this is really the message of the backward nuns and the parsha of the of the of the bin Soya Aran. What is really the item that allows us that we're not like the other nations? Is the Vahibin Soya Aran Vayarma Moshe Kum Hashem? If we'll take the Aran, then Hakarish Baruch is with us via Futsu. It will be Yafutsu Aivecha Misanecha. Hakarish Baruch will remove the enemies from our midst. And this is a great lesson, a great message for all of us. When we take the lesson of the Torah and we bring it into our daily lives and we spread it out not only for ourselves but our families and for God's Klal Yisrael and eventually become an or to the Umas HaOlam, this is the way we can combat every aspect of sinna. Why do they have sinna? They have sinna because they don't have this responsibility. They don't have this concept and therefore they maraud and they burn and they destroy they're, they're the complete aspect of misaininim. Our misaininim is not necessarily a true reflection on who we are. If we're connected to the parsha of the Vehibin Aaron, we recognize that no matter where we are, Har Sinai is with us. That this is the greatest defense, this is the greatest ammunition that we have for ourselves and for the defense of Klai Yisrael. I want to wish everybody a wonderful Shabbos. We should be Zaychamit Hashem. It should be Vayhi bin Sayaran, Vyanusamasanecha Mipanecha, Uvanucha Yaimar, and when we're able to get to our place, Shuva Hashem Rivas Alpha Israel, the Rivas Alpha Israel will return, and we'll be able to come back to Eretz Israel completely with the coming of Mashiach Sidkanim Hirav Yamainu Amain. Rabbi Sai, good morning, good morning, uh good near of Shabbos. Erev Shabbos, this week, we have a separation of uh, social, social isolation between those of us living in Eretz Israel, those of, those of you who are living in the United States or Chutzlaretz, wherever you may be. As last week, Shabbos for you was the second day of Shavuos, of Yantif, and therefore you didn't have the laning of Parshas Naso. Well, we had, last week it was Isruchag, we laned Parshas Naso, and this week is Parshas Baloscha. Um, I was contemplating about maybe trying to speak both uh, 
on both parishes, but I'm going to forego it. I'm going to say just two uh, short insights into the parishes Baloscha, which, as we know, the Torah is connected from the beginning of the end to the end. And there's Ein Muktum Ucher Torah, so hopefully you'll excuse me if we don't have a parsha. Uh, we don't have a vort on Parshas Nasa. We did say a par- we did say a vort last week, but not mistaken on Parshas Nasa. So this week we'll just try to quickly zero in on two short varts. And then before I say the Devarator, just to say that whatever I'm saying today should be the Ilanishmas, my late aunt, Tante Liba, Libby, Goldhaber, Zichrona Levracha, who was the youngest, one of the younger sisters of my mother who passed away yesterday. Levaya was last night in Yushalayim. And we'll just say something over, which I mentioned last night in my words of Hesped, short words of Hesped. And this week's parsha says the words, Vayas Kain Aaron, that Aaron did exactly what was uh, commanded by Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu, to Baloschos HaNeiros. When you raise up the Neiros, you should light up the seven candles. Yehiroshivas HaNeiros. And Rashi comments and says, why does there have to say, Vayas Kain Aaron, because Baruch have told Moshe Rabbeinu, Dabrel Aaron Vamarte love. So for sure, that's what he's going to do. So Rashi says, Lahagid Shvacha Shal Aaron Shaloshina. It comes to teach us a Chiddush that Aaron did not deviate at all from the dictates of what he was commanded to do. Now there's a lot of questions on that. It's very, very pushit that this is what he should do. We're not going to answer that question. We're just going to bring out the concept of what the deeper message behind this is, which is that we see that the great tzaddikim, they don't deviate. They keep to the same mesorah, the same halacha that they receive from their elders, and that's what they do. They don't, they don't try to do anything new. And this is a message which I mentioned last night, my late aunt, that the Libby was born in the United States of America at a time period during World War II um, where there were very, very few from Yidden that uh, were very, very strong in their beliefs. And the family, the family that she came from, my grandparents, my grandfather and grandmother, they themselves were children of families that were most nefesh for Torah, and they themselves were not most nefesh for Torah and mitzvahs and Shemira Shabbos at a time when the tide was going the other way. Many, many people were beginning to were assimilating. And this was before the Holocaust, before the, the great Hasidic groups came to America post the Holocaust. This was a time period when many, many people were melting into the melting pot of America. And there were a few families that kept very, very strong. And my aunt was a child of one of those families. And she always had that strength of character. She was very, very strong in her beliefs. And uh, we can say in her, Lagid Shaloshina, she didn't change. When I say didn't change, means she kept the service that she got from her, from her house, from her home, from my late grandfather, my late grandmother, who are wonderful people. And she herself married a great, great Talmud Chacham, a great person, my uncle Shloyma, who was an interesting mixture of a Telzer Talmud who learned in the great Telzer Yeshiva and was also a Karlina Chassid from the first Karlina Chassidim. And as for those of you from Ner Yaakov, you know that 
My late uncle's brother was a Rebbe in the Yeshiva, Rebbe Saul Goldhaber. They were both Talmidim from Tells, and uh, they were both Karolina Hasidim. And my aunt and her husband, they built a family built upon those two pillars of Torah and Hasidus. In their first years, they lived in America, they lived in New York. I remember when they lived in Bar Park on 49th Street and 17th Avenue. My uncle was a full-fledged member of the Carolina Base Medrash on 16th Avenue. And uh, I remember the experience of going to the house and and going to the Base Medrash for the first time being enraptured by this, the screams of davening when they daven with all of their mites, Bechol Koicham. And that was my introduction to the Carolina Hasidim. And then eventually, my aunt and uncle moved approximately 40 years ago to Eretz Yisrael, and with their family, their very large family, and Baruch Hashem brought up a mishpacha of Talmidei Chachamim and Oskim Mitzvah Yitzibor, and wonderful, wonderful cousins that I have that are all from the Hasidic Shevelt, but they all have the, the emuna and bitachin that they got from their parents and my aunt, was a woman with a lot of emuna, a lot of betochen. And that's an attribute we can all learn from, how we should keep to the task and not change because of the whims and the movements of the t- times and the days, but to recognize that the Torah is emes, Moshe emes, v'terosa emes, and this is what's going to bring us, Mir Tzashem, to the Gula Shleim of Meher Yameinu Amen. Uh, one other word we'll say on the parsha is parsha baloscha is what it says later on. Um, it's there's, we have the backward nuns and we have the vayihibin sayo aron vayem Moshe. and we know that Rashi Hakadosh points out Chazal tell us that why do we have the backwards nuns? This is a separation in order to be mafsik between. The Peronius Rishon and the Peronius Acheron, right? The Lahafsig ben Peronius, the Peronius. There were two Peroniuses. The second Peronius is very evident. The Misainanim, the complainers, they complained, which is an amazing thing. How could they complain? They had the Mun, everything else. But there was a constant of complaint of complaints. That's a nature of a person. They want to have things that they enjoy, and for some reason they didn't enjoy the food that they were getting. And a terrible tragedy took place because of that. But the first one, the first Peronius, is not so clear. So Chazal tell us, it's really a sugya, but Chazal tell us that the first Peronius was that Klaus was at Har Sinai, and they left their Kitinag Aberech Sefer, like a child who runs away from the Beis Sefer. Like we all know, However, we were kids in school. As soon as the bell would ring and recess would come, we'd run out to go outside and play. So Klaisel was the same way. They were standing at our Sinai. They were receiving the Torah. And then as soon as the event ended, they, they ran away like a child who runs away from school. Now, there's a question that you can ask, which is, okay, it's not a nice thing, but we don't see any peronius. We don't see any tragedies that took place. Not the same thing as a tragedy which took place afterwards when people died because of the misonim. What was the tragedy that happened? So I always say over that Rav Schwab, that's how writes in the Sefer, that sometimes the biggest tragedy is the fact that you don't even realize it's a tragedy. 
Klai Yisrael was on a Madrega that they were standing in Har Sinai. They heard Anochi Hashem Alekecha. They were together with the Shechina. And that is the greatest attribute. That's the greatest accolade. That's the greatest Madrega that a person can be. To be on such a level that they're able to be together with the Shechina. Now that the Shechina left, they should have felt pangs of loss. That this is something that we're missing. Just like a person that was in yeshiva, we all know the experience that we all had when we were in yeshiva and we stayed up the whole night of Shavuos and the end of the year and the Grand Siyam, everything else, those great, great moments of growth, of, of highlights in our lives. And then it ends. So a person could either feel, oh, you know what? I can't wait till I get back, until I do the things that, I, that my body would like to do the physical pleasures that a person would want to do. Or a person could say, Oy, I wish I was back in those days when everything was crystal clear and I was there together with the Shekhinah. And that's the Peronius. The Peronius was, they didn't even realize that they had fallen down. They had left Har Sinai like a Tina Kabarech with Beis HaSefer. I think this is a chizik for all of us in these days. And we've all been going through this situation of the corona. And I can just speak for myself. I know that in the beginning of the corona pan epidemic, I know that my tefillahs and my prayers were on a very, very heartfelt fashion and we were able to dive with much, much kavana. But as man unfortunately is, as nature takes over, so we get to the madrega where we begin to get to the and we don't necessarily stay at the same level. We don't have the same concentration. So at least a person should feel, even if he can't be on that same level, but at least he should have pains. I wish I was still able to maintain myself. A person shouldn't be katina kabarech safer. I should just forget about everything. Especially now when people are opening up, businesses are opening up, people going back to the so-called daily lives. First of all, you have to make sure to stay careful and to keep all of the guidelines that they tell us to do because the corona has not left us. One has to recognize that. But at the same time, no matter to what degree we're trying to put ourselves into the regularity of our lives to some degree of what it was like before, beginning of Minyanim, going back to shuls, Mitzvah businesses should be opening. And we're going to try to uh, put ourselves back into that lifestyle. We should always feel that we shouldn't be like the Tina Kabarech Beis HaSefer. We wish everybody a good Shabbos. Wishing everyone Hatzlacha and Bracha. Thank you for listening to this Foundation's podcast production. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. Thank you and have a wonderful day.